And welcome into a brand new episode of the Media Vote Podcast, your one-stop shop for weekly news on movies, TV, music, and video games. Not necessarily in that order. My name's Mike. His name is Matt. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. Thank you for joining us. This is episode 340. Today is July the 16th, 2022. Uh, welcome, welcome. Uh, enjoy- hopefully you're enjoying the middle of your summer as we approach the dog days. I don't know. When are the dog days of summer? Is there like a specific period of time for that? Yeah, it's uh, right after 4th of July uh-huh. and right before Labor Day. Okay. Where right. you're waiting for nothing you can really do because it's just summer and it's hot and you don't want to be indoors. <laughs> but as soon as you go outdoors, it's summer and it's hot. And yeah. you're like, oh my God, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> Why am I out here? Yeah. Yes. Why did I do this to myself? <laughs> Exactly. I don't know. I'm a little lizard, so, like, I'm just absorbing the sun. I love it. It's just, like, you put me outside in the sun, and I'm just, like, uh, just basking. Yeah, but same thing happens with the news, though. It all kind of dries up. That's the dog <laughs> <of> the summer. <laughs> yes, which brings us to the podcast today. Not a whole lot of important news to talk about, just a smattering of things here and there for you. So let's just get rolling right into it, and let's start the show. And we start the show with the music section, and we yes. start the music section with the Billboard Hot 100, as it was, once again, your number one song, yes. as it was, by Harry Styles. As it was. At two, About Damn Time, by Lizzo, getting that album bump. Yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit of an album bump. Yep. Uh, we'll talk about that album a little bit later. Yes. Uh, at three, First Class, <laughs> by Jack Harlow. Yes. Coming in at four, Running Up That Hill, A Deal With God. Oh, That by, Hill. By Kate Bush. Okay. And rounding out your top five, Wait For You by Future, but really it's Drake and Thames. So yeah, really what happened here is Kate Bush showed back up again, uh, probably because people are finishing up or catching up on Stranger Things. Yep, um, but not listed in the top five, but Metallica's... I was going to say Master, Master of Puppets, Puppets is probably coming up too. Yeah, uh, first time they've been thing. on the Hot 100. Can we call time. that the Duffer Bump? Yeah, the Duffer Bump. <laughs> Duffer Bump, it's just yeah. fun to say really. As for your <laughs> album chart, your Billboard 200. Yes. Coming in at number one, you know it's summer, because Un Verano Sinti, A Summer With You, by Bad Booney, mm-hmm. or ba- Summer Without You, by Bad Booney. Yeah. At number one. Bad Booney, still. At two, Don't Harry's House, one. by Harry Styles. At three, honestly, never mind, by three. <laughs> Coming at four, Dangerous no. The Double Album, by Morgan Wall. I thought Why? we killed this. I thought we killed it. Um... Uh, wait, no, sorry. This is not by Morgan Wall. This one's by Chris Brown. Sorry, I didn't change, <laughs> I didn't change it from last week. No, it's by Morgan Wall, but hey, you know, might as well. Be. <laughs> and coming in at number five, Planet Zero by Shinedown. Yes, that Shinedown? That Shinedown? Yeah, I don't know okay. where this came from this week. Um, if you're wondering where Lizzo's new album is, it'll be on the charts next week. Next week. Yeah. If you didn't like any of those albums, or <laughs> if you're not listening to special, you can check out these new releases next week, including Entering Heaven Alive by Jack White. Yes, that Jack White. 2000 by Joey Buy That Dollar Sign Dollar Sign. <laughs> yes, Joey Badass. Yes, but it's Buy That Dollar, <laughs> dollar Sign Dollar Sign. sign. Yes. yes. The Last Goodbye by Odessa. Melt Away. A tribute to Brian Wilson by she and him. Yeah, that is what you think it is. It's Zoe Deschanel and what's his name doing covers of Brian Wilson uh, and Beach Boy song. Yep. Which sounds insufferable to me, but maybe someone out there will enjoy that. Well, 
Yeah, maybe this will give um, Melissa Vius and yours some <laughs> ammo for upcoming SNL season. <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Write <laughs> uh, that uh, sketch right now, Melissa. We, we, we also have... Wait, did I get that on camera? Yeah, you, you, yeah, I don't know if somebody heard that. We, we don't have the good mic this week. All right. Uh, Gulp. Gulp. By Sports Team. Yes. And Hello. Hi. By Ty Seagal. Seagal? Seagal. There's two L's. Steven, Steven Seagal. Yeah. Okay, Seagull. Yeah. Seagull? Seagull? I don't know. Anyway. Anyways, let's get into some music news, and we start with Kanye. Yeah. Um, so, aka, yay. Yeah, this is not something I, I typically would ignore a Kanye story, but this one's got a legal angle that's potentially interesting. Oh, so I love me some legal angles. I know you do, and so I wanted to include it anyways. Oh, yeah. So, yay, as he likes to be now called. Yes. Is the subject of a lawsuit filed Thursday that alleges he and his firms are holding out on more than $7.1 million <laughs> owed to a production and design firm that worked on his Donda 2 livestream release show. His canceled Coachella appearance, <laughs> his The Free Larry Hoover concert with Drake, several Sunday services, <laughs> and the rapper's studio spaces. Yeah. The firm, Phantom Labs, alleges that as the unpaid bill began to piling up from the multiple projects, it was assured that everything would be paid up once the star <laughs> collected a reported $9 million fee for appearing at Coachella, <laughs> which he famously dropped out of. Right. Because once uh, Ye pulled out of uh, the headlining performance with Weeks to Spare, the company says it was on the hook not just for the millions already owed for past collaborations, <laughs> but money it had paid other vendors for the um, Scotched Festival appearance. So, this whole thing reminded me of something I read a few years ago, which was that, like, Kanye made some sort of statement about, like, oh, yeah, everybody thinks I'm rich, but I'm actually, like, not at all. Mm -hmm. And, like, a lot of people were very quick to be, like, actually, no, that's not true. Um, but... Maybe there's some truth to that because, like, this is extremely funny that all of a sudden he's like, I don't have the money to pay you guys. What are you talking about? $7.1 million? Well, I didn't play Coachella, so they didn't pay me. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, you owe for that too, dude. Yep. <laughs> like, that was your fault. You didn't pay for Coachella. That's no one else's fault but you. It's just, it's so funny to me when somebody, like, who is such a big, like, performer is all of a sudden like, what are you looking at, folks? He pulls out well, his little... Isn't little, that um, thing, though? He's not just a performer, right? Yeah. He's he, a producer. Yeah, he, He's a shoe bag. Like, he he put, makes clothes. He makes cologne. He pulls out his wallet and a little moth flies out. He pulls out his, his pockets inside out, you know, the, that thing. I don't know. He, he like, <laughs> Nothing oh, here. No. Like, those, like, clothes company. No, that's clothes company money. That's not performance <laughs> money. We yeah. don't cross money <laughs> strings. For Adidas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's stupid. It's just funny that it's like he couldn't even pony up for the things he has done. Like he can't even pay back his own organization for the money that he spent. It's just embarrassing. Just he's just a big embarrassment right now. That's all. Oh, don't worry. Someone will work for Kanye West, though. I'm sure somebody else will jump on a song with him, no matter what. Yep. All right. Maybe what? a song you may have heard. Hurdled. Let's move on to our second story. All right, let's move on to our second story about Hurdle, 
Yeah. Not Wordle. Yeah. Have you not heard, Waffle. Have you heard of Hurdle? Have you played Hurdle? I have heard of Hurdle. Uh-huh. I do not play Hurdle because I'm not that in tune with uh, individual music. We, uh, we've we tackled the occasional Hurdle. We are okay at it, typically. Um, some of the ones are a little too hard for us, especially when it's like some British artist we've never heard of. Uh, but generally speaking, you play a few notes and we... We most of the time know what we're know what we're listening to, so we're okay at the hurdle. So much like how New York Times mm-hmm. took something that was good and free <laughs> and decided to pay for it, and I just go to their website. Yeah, Spotify is adding the music game Hurdle to its arsenal. Yes, acquiring the daily Name That Tune website, uh, patterned on the massively popular Wordle game. Yes, so financial terms of the deal aren't being disclosed. But Hurdle actually popped up this year, uh, February 2022, mm-hmm. based on the format of Wordle, which itself was bought by New York Times, as mentioned, for yeah. $1 million plus. Yeah. In Hurdle, in case you don't know, players try to guess the song as quickly as possible based on its opening notes. Yeah. They get six tries, getting a few more seconds of music each attempt. So like Wordle, Hurdle then lets users share their results for bragging rights. Yeah. Um, you know, this is just a riff of, like, name that it's tune. name that tune, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a form that's existed for a very long time. Yes. But like, like the story says, the fact that it gives you those, like, five tries or six tries, I don't yeah, know how many, six like tries. Wordle, like, and there's one every day, makes it a fairly, uh, like, interesting approach to the same idea. Yep. Um, but yeah, it can be incredibly hard. I don't know what this means when it does go to Spotify. Does this become something you can only um, do through the Spotify, Spotify app? Or is this just a Spotify-hosted thing that's still on the, a browser, but the songs are streamed through Spotify? So with the New York Times, you can still do the daily um, Wordle still do the without Wordle. being subscribed right. to the New York Times. Yeah. But they then try and point you to the other games that they do have <laughs> yes. that you need to subscribe for. I mean, as a couple of subscribers here, uh, we're happy to say that, yes, it's worth the money. Uh, <laughs> but but if you don't care about the crossword, unlike us, then, yeah, maybe it's not. And, yeah, Wordle by itself is fine anyways. But, yeah, I'm hoping they keep it free, and I'm hoping they keep it accessible. I would hate to see yeah. something as neat as a hurdle get up. Uh, Become a hurdle for people to access, if you know what I mean. Uh, All right, let's move on. Yes. After that brutal pun. So, congratulations on taking a format that has already been established (laughs) and selling it to a different format that's already been established. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Uh, Match made in uh, not heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. All right. Uh, So, we have some thoughts. We do. We have a couple thoughts this week. A couple of albums came out. All right, so we both listened to yes. Special by right. Lizzo. Yes, we did. Okay. is So as special as this album is, it's not really that special, especially since Lizzo uses a whole lot of <laughs> already established music and tunes. Uh, yeah. And, and bits and samples. And, All yeah. right. Okay, let's get this across before we go deep into here. Do you like Lizzo's singles? Like, do you have a good time with It's About Damn Time? Oh, you're asking me? Like, I'm like asking our, the general, the general our audience, just okay. people in general. Because if that's, if you said yes, and if that makes you excited and happy, I've got good news. You'll probably have a good time with Special, because Lizzo has figured out what people like about her, what kind of songs people want from her, empowering anthems, anthems about, like, 
you know, just being a badass and being like proud of yourself and your body. A lot of empowerment happening here. Mm -hmm. She has leaned all the way into that zone, and that's all that special is. It is one thing. Does it do that one thing well? I mean, again, if you like the singles, you more or less know what the sound is here. And that's what you get. It's just that if you expected a little bit more, and if you expected songs as catchy as some of her best work, it falls a little short of that for me. And I was pretty underwhelmed by this thing. I had fun with it. I don't know what song right. you listened to. Okay. All right. But I actually had fun with it. I liked that it was all empowering. I liked that it leaned heavy into that. Mm. This is what, her fifth album? Is it? In total? I don't know, actually. So she finally found what she's, I mean, taking from like the hits that she has. And yeah. like you said, fully leaning into it. And that's not a bad thing. No. The it's thing not a bad that gets thing. me on it is that it's mostly not original sound. Right. That's the thing. That's why I opened with that. It's taking bits and pieces, samples from other music genres. So you're like, oh, I heard, like, this is the tune from here. This is the tune from there. Yeah, there's a few songs where it's like, oh, okay, she's, she wants to put a little bit of a disco sound in here mm -hmm. because of how huge that Dua Lipa record was. Yep. There's a few moments where it's like, okay, there's a little bit of acoustic guitar in here. Like, she's trying to get, like, maybe some some like a broader kind of kind of musical palette but it never comes across as anything but lizzo expanding a little bit uh her sound like and it doesn't even expand it that much is the thing i don't know i just found myself a little bored i mean don't get me wrong you put this in like the background of your labor day barbecue coming up here and you're probably gonna have a good time it's very good like uncontroversial summer music like it's a perfect thing for having a bunch of people over like it works for that um and that's not a bad thing if you're looking for a comforting summer record lizzo has you covered it's very much that i mean it must be because i listened to this thing three times <laughs> yeah there you go um yeah i mean just, i i feel like part of it for me is that i'd love i love when the like a like a um an extremely popular mainstream artist take some risks and this is not that at all i like when there's a little bit of like experimentation this like maybe an inch she like does an inch of experimentation and then goes back to the comfort zone then there's nothing wrong with the comfort zone i'm just saying that i think i was hoping for a little bit more this is mac and cheese yeah yeah it is mac and cheese yeah it's delicious it's good you know what you're getting but you but know there's no like extra bit me, to it let me tell you though you put some chipotle, uh, a little seasoning, and some mac and cheese. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, and uh, you add some um, cream cheese uh, into the cheese sauce. Make it a little cheesy, a little creamier. Way better. That's what this album needs. It means a little cream cheese and a little uh, chipotle seasoning. That's That's yeah, I was thinking like adding like either like chorizo or some brisket. Get a little spice to it. If you're a veggie house, you can't really do yes, that. Yes, you can't really do that. You can add some <laughs> um, some plant-based chicken, which we've done before. I think we did. Chilies. Actually, we did then. Some hatched chilies. There you go. That's your spice. All right. All right. Well, I mean, with the chipotle spice. Yes. Mean, you're kind of good. You're there. Sorry. Wait, what food? This is a food <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what? Now that I'm cooking, we could do a food podcast. <laughs> Made uh, stuffed peppers last night. Nice. Yeah, they were good. Really, really good. Anyway. <laughs> 
Side note. Side note. Let's move. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that's Lizzo. Uh, you know what you're getting into with this, and I know we say that a lot here on this podcast. Well, I don't think so because a lot of people may be coming <laughs> to this album not having listened to her full discography, just listening to the hits. You don't need to, is what I'm saying though, because if you listen to what about down about damn time sounds like, you know what that is. Mm-hmm. You know what's gonna what you're gonna get here. That's again not necessarily a bad thing. I just I'm always gonna have that bar pretty high for uh, for for these artists, and she just didn't quite meet where where I was, but that's okay. I think she met the bar that she set for herself. Yeah, yeah. but you're looking for something to exceed to wow you to blow you away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't exactly that. Uh, something that was though uh, that did surprise me, and I was not anticipating to sound like it did, uh, was the other record I listened to this week. Uh, I'm going to uh, step on my soapbox again here on the Media Boat Podcast and talk about uh, Biba Doobie because I don't think enough people are talking about her. Flashback to when we did uh, the Coachella, we talked about the Coachella stream. Yep. I talked about how her set was a lot of fun and there was barely anybody there. I felt kind of bad. Um, well, I'm happy to report that her album, this is her second full length after a couple of EPs that she put out over the last couple of years. Uh, her and her backing band um, and yeah it surprised me it doesn't it sounds like so much more than just the sound she's established on that debut and the EPs she's really branched out in some really interesting ways it is a lot more low-key as a, a, of a record than I thought it was going to be not necessarily with ballads but just like slower tempo like opportunities for her to like really focus in on lyrics and like really own the songwriting part and not so much just be like quirky pop girl which is i think a lane that she could have stayed in that she did that she maybe figured out she didn't have to there's a lot of ex- uh, like uh influences coming from places you would not expect there's a lot of like 90s indie sounds there's a lot of like even some like bossa nova style grooves there's like there she's trying a lot of really interesting experiments here again contrast to the lizzo record that makes it a little like, that made me kind of be like oh, okay that's neat and the fun thing about it is that it works. It keeps working as the record goes on. Uh, if I had one negative thing to say, it does run a little long. Uh, there's like maybe maybe one or two too many songs on this thing, but just the the breadth of it and like the things that she was willing to try and kind of expand. Well, it's befitting of the title. Like so, the title of the record is Beatopia, which is apparently like the name that she had for her own like imagined universe when she was a kid because her name is B. Um, and yeah, it feels like that. It feels like that she's created this world uh, of her own, kind of like where she can play around with these different sounds. But if you're coming for the really catchy pop songs, you're also going to get those. And there are a handful on this record as well. Uh, a couple of famous collaborators are involved here. Uh, uh, Maddie Healy from the 1975 produces a few tracks here. I don't love the 1975, but I think that he adds a little bit of interesting texture to some of these songs. Um, so there's interesting stuff happening behind uh, in the production here as well um, but yeah I had a really good time with it uh, I really like uh, were surprised that it wasn't just the thing that I thought she did in the past and now that she's really expanded the kind of music she makes I think a lot of people will be surprised by this thing so. Do you think listening to this ruined your your hearing of, of Lizzo? No, I don't think so, because I listened to Lizzo first. Yeah, but now you're reflecting back on it. <laughs> I don't know. I just, like, I don't you're know. comparing it to something that you actually enjoyed. I think, 
I think Lizzo has potential uh, to do more. Is I think where I'm at, and I think they're not they're not really comparable either. I think is the thing is that like yeah they're comparable to me, someone who listens to both of those things. But I'm not going to surprise anyone by saying there's not a whole lot of people who listen to both of these records. <laughs> One is a lot of, in the more mainstream zone than the other, which is fine. Your Venn like, diagram is a yeah, sliver. <laughs> the Venn diagram is not that large. That's why not that many people were had or said at Coachella. It's not that kind of same zone. So it's not like I don't think it's fair to really compare them uh, expectation wise. I think they are different kind of bars. Those bars are at different places. But if an artist is moving that bar, that's cool. And I want to, like, praise that when it happens. I don't want the bar to move. I like my establishment where it's at. <laughs> yeah. You I want, want a bubble bar. Bolted to that wall. <laughs> just in there permanently. All right. Uh, anything else uh, we listen to that we need to talk about? Um, nope. Nothing else. So, oh, I did go to the uh, concert of Palomino. Yeah. How was Palomino? Ah, so Pal- Casey, hello, <laughs> you know, Probably if you know, you know. <laughs> uh, Willie Nelson's getting old. Um, yeah. Just like bringing it out, and it's like I had the moment of like, there it is, living legend. Yeah, he's there, struggling to get through his <laughs> own song, and I'm like, you sure that was 90. his age, or, or are we sure it wasn't just the weed? No, that was his age. I mean, he still played the guitar. But sure. like getting the words out, it's this very soft-spoken voice now. Sure. Uh, even when he did his own set, he had his sons up there, help him out, helping him out and singing the songs. That's which fine. One of them actually sounds a lot like him. Hey, so what do you know? Genetics. Yes. Um. Okay. I mean, yeah, he's yeah, an older it, guy. You, know, you get those. It's like it's fun seeing like these old legacy like American legend acts, uh-huh. and then at the same time, it's like kind of sad it's kind of sad because you know they're not going to be around for very much yeah longer. yeah I and know. Again, they've been saying that really for like 20 years now right so. like we talked about last week about um santana uh christy's theory which uh yeah christy i mentioned the, your theory uh last week on the podcast about how all the artists who did a lot of drugs in the 60s are just like encased in like some <laughs> sort of protective protective shell and will never die <laughs> yeah willie's part of that for better or for, for worse, better or worse. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll see how long he lasts. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, but, it can be sad. Yeah. But Casey Musgraves. I did, though, because uh, yeah. Casey Yes. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that, that will do it. Yeah. But uh, also Casey Musgraves. Casey Musgraves, who was not old, uh, <laughs> was also there. Yes. And she played a lot of the Starcross album. Cool. Which... That's still a good album. It's, it's a vibe. What we said. It's, still it's good. a vibe. It's good life. Okay, to be fair, we never said it was bad. No, we just said it could have lived up to Golden Hour. Yeah, which is, again, that's hard to do. Yes. So, like, it's not her fault that she had to follow follow a showstopper, you know? Yes. Like, but, yeah, no, it's a good record, and it's a but, vibe. Yeah, so. but, uh, I mean, it was a short set because it was a festival, so we played for an hour. Yeah. But because she played both, like, Strictly Golden Hour and uh, Starcross. She knows what's up. She knows what she's doing. Yeah, she and it's, it's good. Both those albums are oh, good. Yeah, they're wonderful. Uh, especially live. Oh, yeah. I, I was actually going to say, like, uh, Starcross stuff, I bet, really works live because yes. so much of, especially the festival, mm-hmm. uh, you want that those vibes. Yes. You want vibes. And she gives vibes yep. on that record. So, yeah. That's cool. Anybody else of note you want to shout out from the Palomino Festival? Uh, Turnpike Troubadour. Lots of fun. Turnpike Troubadour. Yes. I've never heard of them. Um... They are lots of fun, <laughs> and you can listen to them on a long, hot summer day. 
And if you know that reference, you know that reference. I don't, but I'll take it. Uh, cool. Great. I thought you were going to say Turnstile for a second. I was like, Turnstile was in Pelham? No. Orville Peck was there, though. Orville Peck was there. Yes. <laughs> I can confirm. I've seen Orville <laughs> Peck twice now. You know, like how you have nothing to say besides the fact that you've seen Orville Peck. Yes, I've seen Orville Peck twice now. <laughs> no comment, thank no you. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Uh, to the next part of the show. Yeah, let's move on to uh, video games. And we start with new releases. Yes. Um, big release this week, yeah. As Dusk Falls for yes. um, Game Pass, uh, Xbox, yeah, Game and Pass. PC. So this is the one, in case you don't remember, this is the one that has that weird hand-painted stills yes. art style that occasionally has animation, which I think looks really terrible. But people seem to be into it. I will be checking this one out. Yeah, this is on Game Pass, so I might take a look, mm -hmm. but I don't know if I'm in the mood for that kind of, uh, like, adventure game right now. Not really looking for a narrative game. So, eh. Might be neat, though. Well, we also have Ending Extinction is Forever. Endling? For... Endling? Endling. There's an Endling. L in there. Extinction is yeah. Forever? Okay. Endling. Uh, for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Yep. Uh, your other big release, Stray. Yes. For PlayStation and PC. That is out on Tuesday. I will play this uh, since it comes included with my PlayStation Extra subscription. Yes. Yeah, I want to play as the kitty cat. That's I, just all I want to do. So I may actually upgrade to uh, extra. extra just to play this and then see where it goes from there. Yeah, that's not I really, I Just put me back to the yeah. essentials. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to play as the kitty cat. Uh, we also have River <laughs> City Saga, colon. Three Kingdoms yeah. for PS4, Switch, and PC. Which, from what I can glean, is a crossover between the River City Brawler games and the Three Kingdoms legend from China? What? <laughs> there have been Three Kingdoms games in the past, but this is not that. This is still a brawler. And I'm okay. like really confused with what he's trying to do, but sure. Okay. Right. Uh, there's also Wayward Strand coming yeah. out for everything. everything. I don't know what that is. Uh, Capcom Arcade 2. Stadium, or the second, second stadium. stadium. I don't know for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Capcom Arcade Games Collection and Live a Live for Switch. So I'm still not really sure about how to uh, how to say this. I think it may be Live Alive or Live a Live. I don't think it's Live a Live. That sounds really weird. Live a Live, Live Alive. I think it's Live Alive. Anyways, this is a Switch uh, remake of a Super NES game that actually never came out in the U.S. Uh, back in the day, it was a Japanese exclusive. It's a traditional JRPG, except it's got some wild time travel shit in it. You might want to check this out. Okay. It seems like it might be your thing, because it does some weird stuff with time travel and storytelling, where you're jumping from different decades and stuff. It seems like it's always been a pretty neat game, and they were just they hadn't translated it for the U.S. until now. So, people are excited about Live Alive. I don't know. It seems so, cool. if, you, if you enjoy Chrono Trigger. Yeah, yeah, very Chrono Trigger. Uh I believe it's a Square Enix game. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I believe it's that from sense. a lot of the same. I believe it's from the same uh, same minds that brought you that game. All so right. there you go. All right, so let's get into some video game bits. Yeah, bits this week because there was just enough to happen that I didn't want to narrow it down to just two stories. Yep. So first we start with PlayStation. Yes. And they have officially completed the acquisition of the Destiny Studio. Bungie. Yeah, this one ended up being a quickie. I think people did not expect it to be wrapped up this mm -hmm. quickly. Uh, but yeah, so Bungie is officially a PlayStation Studios 
studio uh, yeah. as of now. So from now on, uh, Sony calls the shots. So we'll be, uh, I'll be interested to see what happens to Destiny going forward. You've noticed that it's been kind of quiet since the last uh, um, expansion came out. Um, put all the DLC on the PlayStation. Please, yes, put an extra. Just put one place put where you can there. do everything. Yep. Yeah. All right, uh, speaking of PlayStation, Sony has revealed PlayStation Stars. Yes. A new loyalty program. <laughs> Featuring digital collectibles. So no, digital collectibles, not yes. NFTs. All right. Well, yes. Let's before I say what I was going to say. Yes. Clear. Uh, Sony made it clear that these are not NFTs. You cannot sell them on a marketplace, mm -hmm. and they are not based on the blockchain. These are just like fun little. I don't know. Here's a model of a PS One that you can collect. Isn't that cool? That's all this is. Yeah. Um, the second thing I was going to say is, as the poster child for this, are you excited about a PlayStation Rewards program? <laughs> Shouldn't they have done this before? <laughs> yes. I mean, because first you change PlayStation Plus. Yeah. And then split it into three tiers. And now you're adding a new loyalty program. Yeah. And you have to purchase things through the PlayStation Store, which... Yes. That in and of itself is a yes. problem, because when I went to go purchase <laughs> and pre-order God of War this past Friday, I couldn't do it on the PlayStation Store. Yeah. I had to go to direct playstation by the yes. time i figured it out yes all the pre-orders for the jolter uh edition was were gone the jotner yeah i saw that apparently they're already getting double scalped. on x on yeah. ebay yeah uh so yes concerns about the usability of the playstation interface aside conceptually are you interested in this because you do typically buy a lot of playstation games you play a lot of playstation games you are somebody who would unlock a lot of these unlockables so that's got to be exciting right um if i can count my yearly subscription towards this <laughs> right royalty, yeah. then yes it's back pay just back pay me <laughs> so yeah it's it's this is an interesting uh uh thing to happen now because it's yet another example of sony had such a huge like presence and lead in the ps4 generation they were the ones setting the trends. It has completely reversed this mm -hmm. generation. They are just looking at everything Microsoft is doing and taking like so many notes about what they're going to do next. They launched their Game Pass equivalent, and now they're doing basically the equivalent to what they do with Microsoft Rewards in the Xbox uh, interface. Mm -hmm. Same exact thing. The challenges are going to be similar to what Microsoft already offers. Like, you play three Game Pass games this week and you unlock some points. Or play this specific Game Pass game for a challenge this week and earn some points. Yeah. Buy this game and get points. Yeah. This is exactly person, what these Sony... These are like Platinum a game. Earn mm -hmm. points or stuff like that. Sony right? literally There's just... Rewards tiers. I don't want to say they copied it, but they're definitely being like, this is a good idea for community engagement, mm -hmm. so let's do it too. Yeah. It's not a bad thing, but again... It just seems late. Yeah, it seems a little part. late, but also, yes, in order for it to be work as intended, you're right. They need but to clean up the Nintendo interface. Nintendo currently does yes. this, too. They, add, they do as well with their uh, coin system, yep. uh, gold and platinum now. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it seems like having all of these offer some sort of reward system, I think, is very smart. And But, again, the key is make your interface usable and make it easy to do it, or else no one's going to care. So you're right. They need to fix those pit, those little pitfalls if they're going to make people like want to do this. But we'll see if they do. Uh, we'll see. I mean, yes, I'm just going to like sign up and slowly accumulate stuff over time. But yeah, you know, as you do, those rewards are only good for the life of the company. Right. Exactly. But hey, someone's going to be around a while. I don't think this is the last PlayStation. 
I don't think it's gonna be the last PlayStation. I don't know. I don't know why you think that. There's no evidence saying that it's going to be. I didn't say that. You did. I didn't say this was gonna be the last PlayStation. You gave me that look. But I didn't say it. Fair enough. All right. What else do we have in the the yummy yummy? Other bits? in uh, video game bits here. Skate Four will now be free to play, and be retitled to yes. Skate. Skate. So, yeah, after years of clamoring from fans who wanted another skate game, comp the company finally confirmed that they were making Skate 4. We've heard very little um, in the form of actual news until now. And honestly, this surprises no one. Everybody figured that a modern skate game would be a service game. Like, oh, yes. the way that All skate is already structured is built for that, right? It's an open world with different skate parks you can go to. Mm -hmm. You're already interacting, seeing other skaters in real time. Just make that the game and make it free to play. And the unlockables write themselves, right? You buy decks, you buy- Wheels, you buy like, stuff for your, gear. You buy clothes you buy for clothes. your skater. Like there's so many like ways you can easily monetize this game. So it's not surprising that they would. Like, uh, it's a, it's the they want this to be Fortnite for skateboarding, and I think it will work. Honestly, I think it's a great idea. I mean, if you said it's Fortnite for skateboarding <laughs> to any executive, like, yeah. yes, here, yeah, exactly, money. here's money because it's a good idea, and like it's a, and it's cool, like it's a cool idea, mm -hmm. and it could be a potentially really neat social space for people who are into skateboarding, mm -hmm. as long as the skateboarding is like it was in the original skate games, which is to mean realistic, not like Tony Hawk. You're not gonna, you know, catapult yourself and do a 1080 off of anything here. No, it's very 1080? realistic. 1080? How low are you flying? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty low. Uh, no, but yeah, it's not gonna be like wild Tony Hawk skateboarding here. This is gonna be very grounded, very much a base about like nailing those simple tricks and then getting better. The the Dark Souls, if you wish, of uh, skateboarding. So yeah. I don't get why people are mad about this because I think it's an exciting opportunity and more people will be able to play it. So I think it's a win. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Skate. The Fortnite of skating. Yes, the Fortnite of skate. Yeah. All right. Uh, we also have announcement of Bayonetta 3. Yes. Official release date, end of October. Yes. Or in October with right. the new trailer. Yeah, uh, again, a game that a lot of people, especially Switch owners, have been waiting a long time for. Uh, they had announced it, mm -hmm. God, in 2017, I think? Like the Has second, it been that like long? A year into the Switch, they said that this was this was going to be a Switch game. Because uh, Bayonetta 2, believe it or not, was a Wii U game. Yes, <laughs> so long ago Wii U. So yeah, uh, it's cool to have a final release date. It's also cool that uh, Nintendo has another big release for the end of the year. So it's this and then Pokemon in November. So cool, nice one-two punch for Switch owners. A couple notes about this game though is one, um, it will have a toggle uh, for if people don't wanna necessarily see the super like revealing Bayonetta transformations, which is a, uh, a staple of the series. Yes. So if you don't know anything about Bayonetta, uh, her clothes are her hair and she can transform her hair in different ways to basically change her battle abilities she unlocks powers by moving her hair in ways but of course doing that means she's revealing some of her body you know it's supposed to be you know fun and mm -hmm. you know like just a little horny uh <laughs> there's this one will have a toggle where you can 
tone that down if you so want to say yeah. if you want to play it around people who are a little who would be like what the hell are you playing or if you're trying to speed run the game <laughs> yeah or if you're trying to speed run the game skip those animations yeah. we know what they're really doing for it's for, yeah. they're doing it for the speed running community but yeah so october uh, that's very exciting that first bayonetta game which is the only one i have the three i played uh is a lot of fun it's a lot of combo fun for fans of like stuff like devil may cry uh it's a really it's a blast and it's wild and it's weird mm-hmm. and so i'm excited for uh the third game to be just as wild and weird and lastly for nintendo uh they've announced a multiplayer game kirby's yes. dream buffet for the switch how spoiled are we a second kirby game in the same calendar year uh this is not a big single player adventure though it is multiplayer focused Essentially, you are a spherical rolling Kirby um, that is collecting food um, as you roll down the hill, or up that hill. Uh, uh, hey, Kate Bush. Bush. Hey, what's up? Um, and you're competing against other multicolored Kirbys to get the most food at the end of the level. It seems cool. Look like there's a few uh, power-ups you can get to, like knock people out of your way isn't this katamari damachi it's similar to katamari but actually it's uh it's uh, uh roots are in the kirby 64 or no even before that the super i want to say it was a like kirby superstar mode called gourmet race mm-hmm. um which predates uh all that so that yeah where the buffet comes in yeah that's the buffet where the most food wins <laughs> um so yeah i'm very excited uh to give this a shot this seems like a cool little multiplayer kirby game um and just the kirby just full of food at the end is just so cute it's just so cute he just he, he just ate so much food he was just so hungry uh big mouth mode full mouth mode. <laughs> yeah that's the real mouthful mode <laughs> anyway so that's kirby uh dream buffet and that will be coming later this summer mm-hmm. according to nintendo all right any other game bits news I think that was the major stuff um, that I can recall. I didn't talk about the whole everybody being pissed about the uh, God of War collections and the steelbook that doesn't come with a disc because we kind of touched on that that last last week. week. So, but yeah, apparently that blew up over the weekend. People complained about it because, of course, they did. But there's people who have the digital edition that aren't going to need the disc. I know. It is kind of weird, though, that they're not selling a disc with that steelbook, though, yes. right? What do you put in the steelbook? Uh, the map. <laughs> but but steelbooks are made for discs. They have a little disc indentation. Yeah, but you also put it on the shelf to say, see, I have the steelbook. Put it next to your other steelbook stuff, like Horizon. At least put, like, a disc of something else in there, right? Yeah. Like a soundtrack? Maybe. Get it done that. Anyway. Although, one of them comes with a... Vinyl, vinyl record though yes. which is bear wild. Mercury's vinyl record bear mccreary i can't believe that's the guy's name yeah it is that guy's name is bear mccreary yeah it is do you think he and um and bear grills hang out <laughs> do they have a bear club they bear down <laughs> they bear down they have a, a bear uh, anyway are, are there kids named cubs <laughs> Aww, that's cute all right we need to move on uh, we right. played a game um well no, last thing. didn't sony also buy another studio Oh, Haven Studios, yes. which is the thing that Jade Raymond um, built. And they were on, actually, the Sony, some Sony stream a couple of years ago saying that they were working on something. Well, PlayStation bought them. They were already being funded by Sony, so it made sense for them to just buy the studio outright. So, yeah, no surprises here. Yeah. That's why I didn't really include it here is because, yeah, of course, Haven, a studio funded by PlayStation, would be bought by PlayStation. Makes sense. Yeah, checks out. Yep. All right. So, thoughts? Yeah, you played something. I played something. You escaped. Yes, I escaped an academy. Or have I? 
I don't know. Have you? Can you ever escape the true academia of learning? <laughs> wow. Deep. Very deep. But it's very <laughs> deeper than this game. Very escape deeper. Academy. Okay. What, more deep? The deepest? Yeah, it's deep. It just, you could have just said deeper. Deep, deepest? Deepity? <laughs> yes, it's got so much deepity. Deepo deepy? Okay. How? <laughs> what? Okay, what is Escape Academy? Escape Academy is exactly what you're thinking of. It's a a point-and-click escape room adventure game where you walk around, point-and-click, and and interact with stuff in order to escape and complete different tasks. Sure. Lots of puzzles, lots of different um, interactions, different characters, all built within this um, academy, this school of learning how to best other your classmates in escaping. Okay. Um, except there's a problem that even if you, so every level gives you a time limit, but even if you exceed that time limit, they're like, oh, would you like some extra time? Instead of like having to make you like do it all over again except at a faster rate, which is nice. You know, you get lower grade because of it, but yeah. um, there's the air of mystery around the school. Okay. But it's very, otherwise it's very basic, very straightforward of a point and click escape room adventure game okay yeah i mean that's what i figured this was when i saw some uh screens and some um talk about it um as a person who has engaged in some escape rooms in real life how accurately does it uh present that in video game form um so far of the levels that i've played um very straightforward it's Mm -hmm. look at this thing look (laughs) at that thing yeah compare the two um look at this thing most of the stuff they've given you in the game to help you understand what you're doing you're trying to look for um, there's only one piece so far that I've come across, which was a color thing of here's the three basic colors, and oh no, they yeah. merge here. But we're not going to tell you which way they merge. You're supposed to either know or if it's somewhere <laughs> else in the room, I didn't see it. Right, right. Uh, but other than that, like you're supposed to just use the knowledge within the room, right? And not any other outside external contact outside external information, which is how real escape rooms work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, except for colors. <laughs> because you're supposed to know what colors mix well. Uh, yeah, color. so artists have an advantage here, I guess. Um, I don't know. So do you think there's been a lot of games, especially on the PC, um, that yes. already have kind of this individual puzzle thing, conceit to it. This, of course, though, is unique in the way that it's like, but it's an escape room. Do you think mm-hmm. that the escape room trappings is enough to set it apart? Or do you think it's just another one of those indie puzzle games for the PC? It's an indie puzzle game. Yeah. It's just another one of those. It's just skinned like yeah. an escape room, which means that a lot of the puzzles are interactive with each other. Um, but right. you also know, there's also what's good about all these puzzles that they're also non-linear. Yes, you need to complete certain stuff in order to unlock other stuff. But you don't have to do the exact all order. order. Yeah. It can be on your own accord, which what makes a good escape room. Right. Is that it's not... You have to unlock this to get the key, to unlock this, to unlock the key, to unlock this, to unlock the key. Is this a strictly single-player thing, or are there multiplayer hooks? Funny because enough, it is uh, multiplayer. Yeah, because I was going to say, do you would actually races. hope that something like this, because one of the reasons why escape room, well, a lot of people have so much fun at escape rooms mm-hmm. is because that is that collaborative part. You're working with your friends to figure it out. It's not just you. Yes, yeah, so you can do this solo, but you can also do it multiplayer online yeah. and multiplayer local play. That's cool. Which is a good bonus. Yeah, that's really cool because I feel like if that was missing, Mm -hmm. this would be exceedingly boring. Yes. Which (laughs) means uh, when they eventually do speed run this with multiplayer local, 
<laughs> yeah. It's gonna go super fast. Oh yeah, it's got some experts on there. They're yes. gonna love love this. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Uh, and this is available on Steam, I'm guessing. Um, this is a PC Game Pass game. Oh, this is Game Pass. Okay, cool. Yep. At least that's where I played it. Cool. And then also, uh, Power Watch Simulator came out on Game yes. Pass as well. It is hitting 1.0 uh, this week. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's out for good. Yep. Um, I played the first part of that and it's very. Right. Like, it's, it's exactly what okay. you think. Yeah, it's because you already talked about this, right? Right. Yeah. I talked about it way back when it was still in early access, and you know, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's it's what you think it is. It's literally you're spraying water to clean up mess. It's just that. And if that seems tedious and boring, well, I got news for you. It can be. It can also be frustrating because sometimes you'll miss one little bit of mud and you don't know where, and you'll just look up and down the entire level forever trying to find it. But. When it is engaging, it can be fun. So, I see why people like it. Uh, And then because I did finally get access to PC Game Pass, I play uh, and stream, for those of you on Twitch, (gasps) twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash mediaboat. Oh my. Donut County. Yeah! Yeah. Dude, you love it. Isn't it the best? It's so good. I played it (laughs) in an hour. It was good. It's so good. I love everything about Donut County. Wow, you're just loving all of Ben Esposito's stuff this, this year with uh, Donut County. going back to Donut County after playing Neon White. Yep. I still need to finish and beat Neon White. Yeah, I gotta play more of that, too. I, again, I neglected it again this week because turns out when there are baseball games to watch, I do that instead. Yes. <laughs> turns out. Yeah. You have, um, like, multiple monitors. You can put one on. <laughs> yeah, but also, I work keep, when like, I work from home, I'm at this desk all day, yes. and the last thing I want to do is stay at this stay at desk, desk for another hour playing Neon White. So instead, I go into the couch and sit my ass down. Yes, and that's why I got on the Switch version, so I can go I sit on the couch and play it. I Switch need version. that mouse accuracy. Ugh. I need it. So right. I can get, like, shave off several seconds off our time. We should mention that after last week's show, we did do some um, some head-to-head, uh, head-to-head speed. Uh, speed runs here. One problem with that, though, we found out that the uh, Switch version and the PC version's records are apparently for different times, as if the devs themselves admitted the switch version is just slower mm-hmm. so we could not necessarily compare ourselves directly to each other because of that difference but it was fun for a moment till i see like oh we're basically in the same wheelhouse i think yeah. we're we're basically beating these levels at the same time yeah we're so. just a couple seconds off here and there yeah but i think it's because the pc okay. version runs faster it just than loads faster it's not gonna yep. have slow down it's, yeah it's just a different experience so so I guess I partially take back my warnings about the Switch version of this game. It seems like it's serviceable and is a good way to play this game. But I'm going to say, if you care a lot about global leaderboards, you might want to pick it up on PC. Yes. Uh, that being said, their current record of doing all level speed run is somewhere around like 35 minutes. Yeah, jeez. So you can watch that. <laughs> you can. Minutes. You can do that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I want to wrap that up. I want to play a lot more of it because, yeah, it's just so much fun. That game's just so much fun. Yeah. Also, it's fun. Tetris Effect. Yes! You mean yeah. our game of the year of 2018? Yeah. Yes. I, yeah, so the Tetris Effect connected. I was oh, able to play on good. Game Pass. It's so good. It's so good. I love the music in that. Thing. Oh, my God. It's just, the, it may be one of the best video games ever created. Doctor walked in on me playing it, yeah. and it was uh, during like one of like the um, intro ones yeah. when they were doing like the um, the Indian. Uh, oh, you yeah, thought like it was the... like weed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. Because it was like nice and slow, a lot of sitars in it. Yeah, I was like, 
Yeah, sure. If that's what you think, because there's like all greens and yellows and yeah, yeah. flashing around. Honestly, I don't know. Playing Tetris Effect High would either be the best experience in the world or the absolute worst experience in the world. I am not sure. Because you have that, like, give and take where it's, like, it's chill and the music's cool and the colors but are nice. But you have nice. to keep your motor functions but going. But also, the anxiety yes. some people would get from getting, like, too high up on the Tetris board. Oh, my God. They would die. Oh, I'll talk about a show about anxiety a little bit later. We will. We will talk about that a little later. Uh, but in the meantime... Let's move on, because uh, that's pretty much all we played. Let's yeah. talk about... And like I said, I'll play uh, the... Well, what is it? As Rivers Run Dry, whatever it's called. Uh, as Dusk Falls. As Dusk Falls. <laughs> I'd rather play As Rivers Run Dry, which is this game you just came up with. Yes. <laughs> Workshop that one. Um, no, and uh, yeah, I'll talk about Stray next week. Yeah. I'll talk about the kitty cat. Yeah. I'm very excited to talk about the kitty cat. Let's move on right. to our second half of the show, and we do go to television next. And we only start television with the sports corner. There's sports a helmet. Helmet for you. Uh, we start sports this week with the British Open, which continues this weekend. Uh, yeah, continuing right now. Tiger Woods, unfortunately, did not make the cut after the second and day. Uh, so he did a somber farewell. This is the 150th 50th playing of the British Open. So currently uh, playing in St. Andrews. And the putting is very brutal, Oof. if you were asking. Yikes. I wasn't, but sure. Uh, and <laughs> Do people ask that? Yes. <laughs> How's the putting? It was brutal. <laughs> I feel like this is a reference to something I don't understand. Yes. Okay, got it. Um, <laughs> but for those of you like who actually like, live over there next to the Jigger Inn, you, you get it. I'm sorry, the what? The Jigger Can we say that? Yeah, we can say that, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tiger Woods actually hit the Jigger Inn. <laughs> Wait, was, no, it was Tiger Woods. It was Dustin Johnson. They were playing in a practice round, and his ball hit the jigger in. It's a, it's, a, it's an inn and a brewery and a pub like that sits like catty corner oh. onto, onto the golf course. Sorry, I imagine there was something on the on the the green that you were hitting in. No, no, no. It's uh, so in the town of St Andrews. Uh -huh. There's a place of a bar pub where you yes. get like delicious uh, onion rings and Ooh. some pints. After okay. your long uh, days I, of playing golf, I would there. love that. Yes. Yes. Call the jigger in. Okay. And it's on like I think the seventeenth hole, uh, right before you get to eighteenth. So okay. If so you, you don't. It's want, on the way there, and you can accidentally hit. Yes. The the end. Yeah, because <laughs> the end goes like this, so you can either hit it like over uh, it or around right. it. Uh -huh. But some people like can't yeah. exactly hit it over it, so you like hit the roof of it. Ah, uh, I see. Yes. Okay. Got it. Anyways, anything notable besides that? <laughs> the uh, other than that, Rory McIlroy is probably going to win. At least he's right. the one I'm putting my five dollars on. <laughs> sure. Hey, why not? Hey, I love a low stakes sports bet. Yes. <laughs> All right. But he's also from England, so you know, English man will win the yeah. British Open. Yeah, sure. That's fitting. Yes. Uh, uh, so because this isn't open, it's not sanctioned by any PGA tour. Right. A lot of the live golf players are also oh, here geez. and. Yeah. That has also been some sort of a contention. I bet. Especially uh, since they, uh, before the actual tournament began, they did a uh, a winner's round um, where former winners would come and they'd play, uh, I think, like six out and six back mm -hmm. without like, going through the whole course for a total of uh, 12, okay. 12 holes. But one person was notably absent. Hmm. Who? Greg Norman. Okay. Who we've talked about, who won yes. previously the British Open. But is currently the CFO of Live Golf. 
Yeah, he's a little <laughs> occupied, huh? Yes, um, uh, but you know he could have come and like helped promote live golf, but they really didn't want him there. So in order to avoid that controversy, they said like, okay, I'm just not going to show up. <laughs> but then again, it made people questioning it more. Like, oh, sure. why didn't he show up? And like, yeah, oh, you know why? <laughs> controversy. Yes. Anyway, well, that's fun. Uh, also fun. Speaking of Saudis, President uh, Biden <laughs> is currently visiting with them. I know. Yes, uh, but we're not. No, we're not. We don't need to talk about, about that. that. Let's move on instead to something else contentious that's happening at Dodger Stadium. Uh, concession workers have unionized. Uh, or well, they've already been unionized. They've been unionized. But the union of the concession workers for Dodger Stadium has announced Monday that workers voted, voted 99% to authorize a strike while pursuing a, quote, fair new union contract, unquote, ahead of this week's Next MLB. Week's. Well, this coming week. Yes. Uh, all, uh, MLB All-Star Game festivities. Technically, it starts today. There is a, the, the Futures game is today, right? Uh, I think it's on Monday. Oh, is it Monday? Um, I thought it started this oh, weekend. No, 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 it's this weekend. The Futures yeah. game is this Futures weekend. Futures game is because this weekend. Monday is the Home Run Derby. Yeah, Monday Tuesday. is the Derby, and then Tuesday is the All-Star, the All-Star game. game. So, yeah, it has to start today, yeah. I think, for them to get everything in. Right. That's why the Dodgers are not at home right now. Right, exactly. They can't <laughs> be. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, in advance of all those festivities... The Major League Baseball Players Association subsequently issued a statement in support of the workers, and for now, new contract no- and for now, new contract. <laughs> you need a comma there. Contract negotiations are taking place with Levy Restaurants, the Chicago-based company that employs the workers and contracts with the Dodgers to operate stadium concessions. So, if this keeps going, attendees to the All-Star Game uh, might find themselves without hot dogs to eat. You come expecting a Dodgers dog? Well, sorry, they're on strike. Also, when can you ever get 99% of people to agree on anything? I mean, yeah, that's amazing, right? <laughs> Goes to show you how bad that term, those terms were, apparently, with uh, with Mr. Uh, Levy's restaurants. Yes. Um, yeah, this is, of course, obviously we hope that the, uh, the, the poor workers get, like, their fucking money. Because this sucks. Concessions is a hard job, especially with rowdy people who go to baseball games and get drunk. Mm-hmm. You never want to deal with that. And, like, you need to be paid adequately to have that job. So yeah, I fully support them um, taking advantage of their 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 numbers here and going on strike. So yeah, just know that if you do try to get a Dodgers dog at the All Star Game on Tuesday, it might be served by a scab. And you don't want scabs and hot dogs in the same sentence, do you? Do you? No. I don't think so. No, if you already don't know what's in a hot dog, then you definitely don't want it served <laughs> to you by a scab. Anyway, and so yeah, so yeah, um, this happened over the course of the past week. They voted on Monday yeah. to strike. It's smart timing, then, honestly. Yeah. Because they know that if they want the All-Star game to go out with the hit, it's they will make a deal now. It's a huge leverage token. Yeah, they will absolutely have to make a deal now if they want this thing to be And that's what they're going with right now. They're back at the negotiating table, yes. and things are moving in the right direction. That's awesome. That's good. I love to see unions in work, and this is good news. Um, yeah, so yeah, this is also our moment to say, hey, All-Star stuff is going to happen. Like we said, Home Run Derby on Monday. Uh, none of our favorites made it this year, uh, uh, but, but Albert Pujols will be there. Pujols will be there because sure. because it's his last time, yeah. and so they're basically well. rolling out the treatment for him. Right. Like, thank you for your fifty years of service. <laughs> <laughs> he's, not, he's not been in the league for fifty years. You sure? I am positive right. that that's not possible. Twenty years of service, whatever. <laughs> so yeah, twenty is might as well be fifty in baseball years, though. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so I thought he's the machine. So go see those balls get smashed on Monday, and then Tuesday will be the All-Star game. Or if you just want to put the money, just 
give the trophy to Pete Alonso, the polar bear. Just do it already. <laughs> yeah, just do it already. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then Tuesday, the All-Star game. And if you want to tune in afterwards, the Celebrity Softball game. <laughs> um, still no word I've seen on who's going to be the actual starting pitchers. Right, yes. It seems like all... Uh, all signs point to Kershaw for the Kershaw National and League Otani. and maybe Otani for the American League. Uh, that might not be the case when we get to Tuesday, but it seems likely. But Otani is a yeah. pitcher, uh, an all-star pitcher. Yes. It's just not confirmed if he's going to be the all-star starter. Right. Pitcher. He's already in the game as a DH as well. Yes. <laughs> so I, I think it's a lock. I think that you will see an Otani-Kershaw matchup. I'd like to see that. Too. I think it will happen. Mm-hmm. Especially with this series that's happening right now with the Dodgers and how well Kershaw pitched. There's no question it's going to be him. Especially if like they only get to pitch one inning yeah. and then get taken out. Honestly, that's fine for Otani. I yes. prefer that. We don't want what happened last year where he got his swing all out of whack after being in the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the home uh, run derby. Yep. And so, yeah, it'll that's be better, this year. better for everybody. Also note about other all-star, Mike Trout. He's currently been out of a couple games this week uh, due to some back spasms. He is planned to return tonight. We don't have the lineups yet tonight, but we'll see. And we'll know, because we'll be there. Uh, but also, he is still expected to play in the All-Star game. Nothing should disrupt that. So, whew, close call. Very close call. Uh, last year's contention for Home Run Derby, Vladimir Guerrero, yes. will not be in no, the Home Run Derby either. Not. Right. Uh, junior. Please. Junior. Junior, please. Sorry. The second. <laughs> Vladimir Guerrero, the second. <laughs> junior. Vladdy Daddy Junior. No. No. That does not work. No. Vladdy Daddy Baby? <laughs> yes. Vladdy Baby. <laughs> Ew, I don't like that. Anyways. Anyways. Let's please move on. Anything else in sports uh, that we need to talk about? Um, or is it really just baseball right now? Right now, like I said, it's the dog days of it's the summer doldrums yeah. of baseball. It's baseball. As we get through the... There's one big good news. It is the last month of only just baseball. As yes. next month, when we get to August, yes. start football season. So get those mock <sighs> drafts going. Yeah. Fantasy football is around the corner. Yeah. yeah. It's like you never had a football break, though. I mean, the USFL just ended. Yeah, it did. Wow. You just like constant calendar year of base of, sorry, football. Football. Of football. Yes. And then next year, 2023, we get the XFL back. Right. Thank you, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> Thank you, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. All right. Anything else in sports before we move on to television news? Oh, no, we can definitely move on. Because we have to talk about this week's big television news, which was the nominations for next year's Emmys. Yes, it's Emmy time, or this year's Emmys. This year's Emmys. I forgot, they are in the same calendar year. Um, Yes, the Emmy nominations are out. Uh, Succession earned the most nominations with 25, including Outstanding Drama Series. That was followed by Ted Lasso with 20, including Outstanding Comedy Series. And The White Lotus, with 20 nominations for limited series. The combo of HBO and HBO Max helped the Discovery Warner brands earn 140 total nominations, with Netflix in second place with 105. The Emmys will air September 12th on NBC and Peacock at 5 p.m. Pacific, while a host has not been named. So, watch this space. Drama series nominations include Better Call Saul, Euphoria, or, sorry, I didn't say it right. Euphoria, <laughs> Ozark, Severance, Squid Game, Stranger Things, Succession, and Yellow Jackets. Who do you think is the favorite here? Uh, well, there's a big push for Severance. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if Squid Game pulled it off. People really love Squid Game. Maybe. 
I don't want Stranger Things to win. Sure. I don't want Succession to win. Succession is the, I think, current runner. But uh, I think, actually, it's the one you didn't say. I think they'll do finally give it to Better Call Saul as kind of a final crowning season. final season achievement. They've done that before. Uh, hey, they they'll give it the that. Shit's Creek treatment, right? Where uh, it's like, oh, so this thing is over? Um, yeah, let's finally it's do not, it. Because it's currently airing. Yeah. So they have next year's Emmys to be the final Oh, season. you're right. Okay, I'm so a year not, off. You're a year off. It could happen, though. Well, okay, if it's not Better Call Saul. Because these are the Emmys for everything that happened last year. If it's not Better Call Saul, I, last could, season. I could see either a, I could see Euphoria, honestly. Mm -hmm. I could see Euphoria here just because of the, the HBO Actually, push. Actually, it might be Ozark's last I bid. That would don't be think Ozark has ever been that big. No. I don't think it has a chance. I could, although you're right, I think if there was a surprise, it's Severance. I think People, Severance could easily sneak up and be the Dark the Horse. The critics man. love Severance. Critics love Severance. Severance. And everybody who I talked to who has watched it loves Severance. Mm -hmm. So Even here on this podcast. Yeah, go you know, to show you. Someday I'll watch it. Maybe Someday you'll never. watch it. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> Let's uh, then, for the comedy series, real, real brutal lineup this week, this year. Abbott Elementary. Yay. Good to see a uh, the, the sole... Um, a network show yes. in this list. Barry, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Hacks, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Only Murders in the Building, Ted Lasso, What We Do in the Shadows. So out of those, yeah, I'm feeling pretty comfortable saying that it's probably Hacks again. So Hacks won last year. Yeah. That's only because The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel was not nominated last yes, year. Yes, but I think that it's had its chance, It's and I think that Hacks will probably win for a second time. I don't think Only Murders has the momentum. I think it has star power, but I don't think it's going to beat like other things in oh, this category. Oh, you can say this, but we all know we're voting for Ted Lasso. I, I, I feel like Ted Lasso has maybe ran its course. No. Uh, Emmys wise. No. After the hacks win, I can't see it winning again. No. I'm sorry. I think it might be done. Uh, <laughs> okay. I think the what should win here is what we do in the shadows, which has been yes. fantastic. Uh, season four, I mean, I was going to mention this in thoughts, but I might as well just burn it here. Season four just premiered last week, mm -hmm. and it's just as good as it always has been. Um, so I think that's an easy win here. Uh, Christy, do you have uh, things to say about these nominations? Yeah, what we do in the shadows. Yeah, it's good. It should. Wellness center. Yes. Specifically. <laughs> Specifically, yes. It's so that episode is nominated in the writing category, rightfully so, and should win it. Uh, but, yes, you're right. Um, the power is probably between those three, between Hacks, Maisel, and Lasso. Yep. Um, you could see a Barry upset here, because it's also in this last it has finale. I don't think it's in its finale. I think it did. I don't think it so. It did. It ended. It's over. No. No? I don't think so. I thought it was. Yeah. Okay. So maybe, maybe it's over. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, I don't think what we do in the shadows actually has a chance. And I also don't think Avid Elementary, as much as I love it, it's still a network show and there's too many prestige comedies in this list. Your, I think it gets obliterated. Your dark horse is Curb Your Enthusiasm because of yeah, Larry David. Because why? Just because why of Larry David. It's always there. Yep. But yeah, no, I think this is Hacks. Again. Then, for limited series, your competitors this year are Dope Sick, The Dropout, Inventing Anna, Pam and Tommy, and The White Lotus. White Lotus is the easy answer here because it was the big phenomenon. Yes. Um, it would be really funny here? if Pam and Tommy took this because yes. it is a comedy limited series, which makes it stand out from the others. Mm -hmm. Everything else is dramatic. Yes. But yeah, I think, I think this is The White Lotus. 
technically the white lotus falls under dramedy sure but yeah it has the push i think it, it has the yes. advantage this year in a year where there is no american blank story yes. of either variety i think that it has a chance yep um congratulations jennifer coolidge yes get, get, <laughs> get yours get yours <laughs> all right anything else to say about the any other weird emmy stuff um like i said i mentioned the writing the comedy writing categories there's a couple of uh, mm-hmm. what we do the shadows episodes as well as the pilot for um uh only murders is in, in there and um yeah it's an interesting bunch of episodes in there uh, we'll talk about what our Emmy predictions are yes. when we get closer, closer to September. To September twelfth, uh, but right now Emmy nominations are out. Yes, so you can stop seeing for your considerations. <laughs> no, you will continue seeing them uh, until yes. September if you live in the LA or New York areas. All right, let's move on to our second story. Hey, did you know that COVID's still a thing? Yes, people are still involved yeah. in COVID. Turns out it's not going away, and studios and guilds are aware of this and they've extended covid protocols until september 30th so you know how we just said that the emmys are coming september 15th <laughs> this would include that yes so yes the directors field of america sag aftra iatsi teamsters and the amptp issued new statements extending the film and tv covid protocols the statement said, quote, the agreement keeps in place the workplace protocols and protections that have allowed for a sustained and successful return to work, while at the same time allowing flexibility to address the changing nature of the virus. Outside of film sets, public health director Barbara Ferrer, Ferrer said on Thursday that Los Angeles County moved to a high-level community spread of COVID. She said during a video conference that if the county remains in the high community level for two more weeks, an indoor mask mandate will return starting July 29th. The COVID return to work agreement has been in place since September 21st, 2021. The latest agreement is set to expire on September 30th and is likely to be reworked again as circumstances change. So yeah, we're still trying to figure out what can be done um, on sets and what can't be, like how often to check vaccinate, like to t- check uh, tests, like to have uh, check your um, like whether or not you have the disease and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like they're making sure that this continues for the, the time being, especially as cases continue to be consistent in LA. Yes, because we've had a rise in LA. Uh, even my workplace has mm-hmm. said that because of the new, what would they say? Because we've moved into the high risk uh, elevation now for COVID protocols that they're requiring people to wear masks consistently within the building mm-hmm. except when eating lunch or in a, your right. own office which makes sense yeah away from people yeah i mean when i'm at work i wear a mask all day um except when i'm eating lunch yep so um yeah it's why i'll probably likely wear my mask tonight at the game because i'm surrounded by all those filthy los angeles dodgers no <laughs> I, i'm sorry i have nothing against the dodgers fans i'm sure a lot of dodgers fans uh watch this podcast <laughs> no offense <laughs> It was a joke. It was a joke. I promise. I will still be wearing a mask. Anyways, let's move on. Oh, into some thoughts. And these will be some fun thoughts. Before we get to wrapping up Ms. Marvel, you have a couple of things that you want to talk about. Yes. Um, both of these are on HBO Max. You can start watching them now. Both of them just started. First one. Um, so remember how a couple of weeks ago I said that I caught up on F-Boy Island? Yes. Last year? Now there's thought, more. How could they make a second season? Well, they did. If everyone knows that you can't win the money. 
Well, they did. Well, they did. There's more. There's a second season. There's more F boys on this island. Uh, at least they're like better at spotting the F boys. I feel like. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm always great at spotting an F boy. I mean, I'm like that guy is an F boy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I have like a difference of opinion because I just watched the last first season. Yeah. I didn't have to wait the whole like six months for the new season to return or for the season <laughs> to come back. But oh my god, some of these boys are just upright, dirty, and filthy, <laughs> and just don't know how to act. Oh wow. my god, this is just mom energy coming off of this right now. Mom energy? <laughs> no. I don't know how to act. No, no, it's not just don't know how to act. It's the I'm going to play all sides of this, like, three-way triangle oh. to, like, better my chances of staying here instead of trying to focus on one person. You know? Like, you would in a relationship. You focus on one person, not try and... Um, Depends, but sure. <laughs> try and woo three different people at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. There's some, you know, some people out there. That's a heavy F-boy energy right there. <laughs> uh, but yes, F-boy Island, it's back on HBO Max. It's the... Perfect trash TV that you're looking for. Yeah, I didn't know until last night that Nikki Glaser hosts this. Oh, yeah, she does. Okay. Did I not mention that? No, I don't know if you mentioned that. Oh, yeah, Nikki Glaser hosts this thing. Yeah, well, that's fine. It's hilarious. Uh, yeah, so how does this rank among the um, pantheon of recent stupid-ass <laughs> uh, dating uh, reality shows like your Too Hot to Handles, your... Um, um, your uh, Above Too Hot love to Islands, have, your... Uh, say, a below Too Hot to Handle, uh-huh. but above Love Island, for okay. sure. Okay, what's the other one? What's the... Uh, love is can't... Blind. Yeah, Love is Blind. <laughs> uh, no, love is Blind is, like, absolute, like, absurd perfection. <laughs> oh, wow, okay, that's your S-tier of these. Yeah, that's my S-tier. <laughs> it's because it's just absurd. It's all absurd. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's not quite like The Circle, where they, yeah. like, change the rules on you at any single time. Right. But it's probably not as good as The Circle. No, it's not as good as The Circle. <laughs> <laughs> So there you yeah, go. More right. F-Boy Island on HBO Max if you want that. Yep. Also. Also. Uh, also, we're not just, we're not censoring ourselves. Obviously, we would say fuckboy. We can say fuckboy. It's just the name of the show is F-Boy Island. Yes. So that's why we're saying it. It, it is I'm, HBO Max censoring themselves. I'm hearing giggles back behind us every time we say F-Boy. Because the show is called F-Boy it's Island. It's called that. And yes, they have to, uh, pre- they have to announce to the producers whether they're a, they came as a nice guy or an f boy <laughs> and then reveal if they are indeed an f boy when they get booted off <laughs> do they know yes the guys know <laughs> when they get there if they're coming in as a nice guy or an f boy oh no they they, they audition <laughs> they call themselves this they call themselves they're self-proclaimed f boys yeah. <laughs> and they audition as an f boy to be on f boy island in order to woo the girls and trick them into liking them so they can win $100,000. <laughs> and if they say they're successful, they win $100,000. Oh, it's a stupid show. But if not... <laughs> if you know that the premise. an F-boy, though, that maybe you're not. <laughs> oh, yes. You, like, realize, but, yes. The, but you're a self-proclaimed F-boy. Yeah. But if you get booted off the island... Then you get sent to Limbro. Sorry. No. Sorry. Limbro? Yes. Hold on. Limbo. Limbo. Limbro. Okay. We need to stop talking about FBoy Island. Limbro. What was the other thing you watched? Limbro, because they're not technically off the island. They're not off the show yet. They go like, to Limbro I understand to the better themselves so I they understand. don't become 
F boys to learn the errors of their ways in Limbro. <laughs> I understand the concept of Limbro. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let's Especially after um, you get kicked off of after attending Brochella. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> the other show you watched this week. <laughs> so the <laughs> I'm sorry. Not Christine's gonna want to watch F Boy Island. <laughs> Alright, so the other <laughs> show uh, that premiered last night on yes. HBO Max, The Rehearsal, okay. uh, by Nathan Fielder, I think? Yes, Nathan Fielder. Fielder. Current internet uh, love item, uh, Nathan Fielder. Yes, Nathan Fielder, Yes. Um, formerly of Nathan For You, Yes. has taken my internal anxiety <laughs> and... Put it into actual physical form. This is why I can't watch his shit. I can't do it. It's commercials for this, though. Yeah, I can't do it. You can't do it? No, I can't do... I, it's the same reason I can't watch, like, prank shows. Yes. Or, like, hidden camera shows. I am so uncomfortable when I see somebody involved in a bit that they did not sign up for. Oh, but that's the thing, though. They do sign up for this. Sure, but still. <laughs> they're, they're signed up um, via Craigslist. Uh-huh. And basically semi-tricked into doing this but then again, you have to like sign your release form saying like yes okay I'm gonna go on semi-tricked go is always a great way to do things yes that's how the Nathan Fielder list is like semi-tricked yeah so the purpose of the rehearsal is that if you have something that you've been wanting to tell people like a secret you've been hiding <laughs> uh-huh. but you're not you're uncomfortable saying it um, if you are able to practice this, aka rehearse this uh-huh. in a space that is virtually similar and identical, and basically pull out a flow chart out of this of every single thing that could happen to it. Okay, you would know ahead of time how to react, how to handle yourself. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. But, so basically, it takes all the like internal anxiety of like some people have that. Like overplan, overanalyze how a situation would go, and puts it into physical form to physical media in TV. Uh, so he's basically walking through people, people's anxiety about an upcoming thing they have to do. Um, so um, the way the first episode was set up was that it was a TV slash Craigslist ad of if you have a secret uh-huh. that you've been wanting to tell someone, come here and you can tell it. Yeah, come here and you can tell it. Okay, and basically they try and coach you through that anxiety of how to how to confront this thing okay by building an exact replica of the place you're going to do it in (laughs) and walking through exact scenarios with actors who have met the person you're going to be interacting with Uh and in order to like understand their mannerisms and then repeat that back to you so it's a very elaborate conceit on a very basic idea, which is what he does. Yes. Which is Nathan's bit. But mm-hmm. uh, is it funny or is it just cringy? It kind of walks the, the, yeah, the line of cringy and funny. I'd imagine. <laughs> because like at times you get like the existential, well, you're clearly planning for everything. And then, oh my God, you actually are really planning for everything. <laughs> yeah. And then it gets funny because it gets to, into the absurdity. Right, of, right, right. Well, we ran into this issue. So, this is how I confronted the issue in order to get around said issue. And it does help ahead of time. 
I feel mm-hmm. like it's beneficial, <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like it might be. Well, it's only one. Ep- well, it's only one episode, right? Yeah. But two, it's all like the scenarios that you've run into. Like I don't know, like you would do it. Listen, you listening to this podcast <laughs> of like if you're in a new situation or trying to confront someone that you run through scenarios in your head of how it's going to play out. Yeah. But because it's in your head, it's not in, like in a physical space. <laughs> Doing it in the rehearsal it makes it into a real physical space. But it also helps in, like, continuously verbalizing it. So when right. you do get to that moment, it's not like, this is my first time actually trying to verbalize it. Right. It's, I've rehearsed it. I've said it X amount of times by now that I'm just, feels like I'm going through the motions. But at the same time, it's revealing to this person yeah. of who you're trying to, um, like, set straight, trying to reveal the truth about. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. Um, I could understand a lot of people being fascinated by this thing, mm-hmm. and it seems like fun. I will never watch it. The internet is fascinated <laughs> by this thing. Yeah, I bet. I mean, all power to him. I'm glad that people keep giving him money to do stuff like this because yeah, I'm not sure he gets the budget for this because <laughs> the the sets that he designed, um, very elaborate and very like detail oriented. Sure, sure. Yeah, you know what? They're good at what they do. I'm not sure how he convinced someone to actually like. <laughs> Set this up? Yeah. No, honestly, you know, like I said, all power to him. I'm glad he's being able to do these things with these budgets, with these, like, with a big audience. Like, it's cool. Um, ex- like, experimental comedy is always fascinating and interesting and cool. I'm glad that it can still happen in some format. Uh, but yeah, I will never, ever, ever watch this. <laughs> ever. Oh, you should check it no, out. No, no, not happening. You should watch at least one episode. <laughs> not happening. Let's talk instead about something we've been watching for six weeks now. Yes. Event concluded. Yes. Uh, Disney Plus is Ms. Marvel, the newest MCU yes. series. Yes. Or limited series, to be the more specific. The Marvelous Miss Kamala. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we talked about briefly with the first episode how it is trying to um, do something a little different than the other MCU shows have so far, which is really focus on a very specific culture and a very specific family and not be so universal, which I think is actually a really interesting and good move. Mm-hmm. Like, not like pinpoint it on a very specific mood and vibe to really tell a person's story and make it extremely personal. So even when it does get marvelly and the special effects start happening more and you do get that lore dump, it still feels more intimate. It still never gets so big that the stakes are world-threatening. Well, And it does that for the first four episodes. All right, okay. So yes, this is when we say, yeah, it does get marvelly. I don't want to pretend that there's there's not a turn here. Just like WandaVision and just like Loki and just like literally all of them do this you get past that fourth episode and then you get the lord up and then you get oh now that person has powers too and now the stakes are like stakes are about the powers now and there's a dimension alternate dimension happening yes people who are not necessarily geared up for that will roll their eyes their eyes will glaze over they'll just be like alright where'd my show go yeah, so, Christy, do you want to talk about your experience with Ms. Marvel? Yes. <laughs> so, it was fine. Yeah, so we were watching, watched it together, and I could tell that I think that 
I was still in it, but maybe a little less so once they started doing that stuff. But by the time they ended it, I feel like they nailed the landing. I liked how the final fight was not an earth ending. Th- mm-hmm. Those were not earth ending stakes. Yeah. It was literally like, okay, they're going to be taken away or potentially like shot by the the, the police. Not police. <laughs> Well, yeah, the, the fancy police. Yeah, uh, the DOD. But, but it was never about the world will explode if we don't do this. It was never that high. Kind of refreshing from a Marvel standpoint when we've been, when like, the bar has been so high. It was, but that was only in episode five, and it didn't get too yeah. outlandishly high outside of, like, the alley they were down. That being said, you're right. The first few episodes, those first three episodes are so good at making it about the culture and about uh, Kamala's Muslim identity and her specific regional identity and the stories about her family that to have it pivot was kind of jarring. Mm -hmm. To have it pivot all of a sudden like, oh actually it's not just this, it's also all this magic stuff that's happening. I could understand why someone would be like alright, too much. You went too far. Mm -hmm. You want to say something? Well, I kind of expected it to be like Spider-Man situation, and then it wasn't, and I was like, "Oh, I don't." <laughs> like, what do you mean by Spider-Man situation? You like know, Tony starts to come like, in and save the day. Yeah, it's just like a nerdy, like teenager yeah. kid, like that has powers, and he's like figuring it out, and like. Except she wasn't the nerd. It was the boy that was the nerd. <laughs> I know, but they like you know like an awkward teenager. Yes. And like they're big, and it's yeah, they have powers, but it's more about like them figuring themselves, right? Like, figuring out like their place in high school and that kind of yeah. stuff. Yes, and when they were being teenagers, when the show was at its right. best, not when they tried to skew it into being superheroes. Yeah, and then I was yeah. like, okay, I don't care anymore. That is all true. I agree with all that. I think you're right. I think that. When you lose that part of it, it's very easy to be like, well, this is just another Marvel show. Mm-hmm. And there, it, it did kind of fall into that trap again. But out of the ones that do it, this probably did that the best, in my opinion. Throughout the whole series, even when it did give you all of that fantasy stuff and leaned really hard into the superhero comicville, you still got the amazing, like... Uh, needle drops like some really authentic music you got the like you continued to learn about the community it never stopped that stuff never stopped until the end like you got so much you got to know so much about like about the people in her mosque the people like in her family her extended family the history of pakistan yeah i feel like <laughs> that's one thing that mom yeah. has been doing is throwing real world history into yes. the shows like Karachi. Yeah. Uh, just, like the Moon Knight as well. A lot like British occupation, British occupation. In, in yep. India and just learning what the partition was and why it mattered. And having that dovetail in, like into the comic book story I thought was really cool. And like they haven't really done in the same way before. Like and the fact that it wasn't American centric like was really refreshing. Um, and that like you can have Main, a mainstream show do authentic Muslim representation. And not, I know I'm a white guy. Who am I to say that? Well, people I follow on Twitter who are of Pakistani descent have said that it's a very accurate depiction of their culture. And I say, hey, that's a win. Like, if, And that's what happens when you, yeah. you give 
um, people of, that, of background, that background power to tell their story. Yes. Yeah, so when you put them behind the camera, you put them in charge of the yeah. show as showrunners, as directors, right. as scriptwriters, this is what you're going to get. So, and it's good to have those voices being told. Yeah, I think so. So for me, that's where I landed on it, um, is that I think that, yes, it does go into Marvel Town a little too much in the last couple episodes. But it's still the best example of an MCU show, in my opinion. It's the best balance to me of we can have that, but we can also have these really interesting cultural stories and tell relatable stories, which is what comics, what specifically Marvel comics established in the 60s as their thing, right? That's the niche they carved out. Realistic, emotional stories that also happen to be about superheroes. And this, this achieves that to me. It's what makes Spider-Man such a relatable character right. that even though he has these superpowers of a spider <laughs> yes yep, exactly yep flying runner that he still deals <laughs> with everyday normal right. teenage problems yes and i think it succeeds in that it's not perfect uh but i wasn't i wasn't thinking it would be mm -hmm. they still have a formula and ultimately these are vehicles to set up the next thing and that's ultimately what this is unfortunately and that's exactly what it does guess, it does that shows up at the very end yeah so one thing that I think we need to talk about, and we're going to go into spoilers here, so if you have not finished Ms. Marvel, uh, so this is going to be spoiler for literally the last thing that happens. Literally the spoiler. Yeah, the credits. spoiler, and it's a huge spoiler, so if you don't want to know, fast forward, ten minutes. Five minutes. Estimated. Maybe five. Uh, I just want to give an extra little bit, yeah. just in case. She's a mutant? Uh... <laughs> Dot, I, dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, I do not buy that. You don't buy that that's what they mean by that? Even though in the credits they credit the X-Men theme? X-Men theme, yes, <laughs> I know. Well, because they did the exact same thing in Doctor Strange where they said they credit X-Men 97 yeah. theme. So, yeah, I think that's what they're doing. I think that's what they're doing. Uh, from what I understand from Nerds Online is that it's... Sorry. I'm <laughs> just... Not that they're nerds, I'm just saying that that's an easy way to say people that more, know more about yes. comics than I do. Um, that that is apparently different from her origin in the comics. Yes, because she's supposed to use the um, Terrigen Mist and Crystal's supposed to be inhuman. Right, but then Marvel tried the Inhumans and then bailed on them. Yes. So they're not doing that. Instead, this is they're saying that she has a mutation. I'm saying they, they would not use that word unless they mean it, is my opinion. I think this is their uh, another step in yes, Trojan horsing X Men in. Yes, but then you notice that she immediately says, "I just don't want. I, I just want to use it as another label." Sure, she doesn't. Yes, but that's what I'm saying is that other bad people will, and I think that sets up so, X Men, right? Yes, is but, that that's the whole plot of X Men is that they are embracing it. They have a whole school about it. Yes. They want to use these powers for good. It's the bad people who are saying like, "No, they're they're a a, a menace." We need to eradicate that. A menace them. to society. Exactly. I need pictures of... Because <laughs> <laughs> they need pictures of X-Men. X-Men. Um, <laughs> yes. We're combining all our universes. No, here. no. See, Truly so, the metaverse is here. So that reference is actually done on purpose. Because okay. what I think they're going to do is use Kamala Khan, Miss um, Marvel, in the eventual Civil War story uh -huh. that was supposed to be Peter Parker. Where, uh -huh. um, as a kid... Like, everyone thinks it's part of the original um, Civil War arc. Right. Where one of the um, big comic scenes in Civil War arc is Peter Parker siding with Tony Stark, but then ultimately siding with Captain America and revealing that he is Peter Parker underneath the mask. And everyone realized, wait, this is just a kid? Like, right. Some of these superheroes are just kids. Yeah. And so they kind of back off on Superhuman Registration Act. 
they're going to use the same thing with Kamala Khan. See something and, similar. And something yeah. very similar in mutant registration so, yeah. of people with powers and be like, wait, but they're just kids. Like, it's not, oh, Miss Marvel is like 20 something year old running around, yeah. like solving crime. No, this is <laughs> a kid. No, I think that's, they're up. I think absolutely they're setting this up. I think that this has to be on purpose. I think we were talking to incursion, which is coming yeah. three years down the line. And hell, we were just Seven talking about we were just talking about people are like frustrated. Oh, what's the goal for Phase Four? What are mm-hmm. we doing here? It's X Men. Yes, that we it's know always, that now. It's, it's going to be. X-Men. It's always Ever been. Since it's just they that got they Fox. They got X Men. They didn't want to tell anybody because rumors, you know. But like, I think that we can pretty solidly say oh, at this point. Once they said X Men ninety seven was right. coming last year, yeah. to finish up the X Men animated story arc, right. That that is where they were going. That they're going to bring that X Men animated yeah. comic book somehow into also also actual MCU universe. We need to shout out that theme song because it it bangs. Oh yeah, do, 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 very do, iconic do, do. guitar riffs. <laughs> it's classic. And those little MIDI strings. Yep. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Anyways, we will know more because yes. Comic Con itself yes. is next week. All right. You can uh, go back to. I told you to under five again. minutes. Under See, five minutes. I thought so. I thought you were going to talk about like Brie Larson just showing up randomly at the oh, end. Oh, that's another spoiler. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. Um, well, we're still within the five minutes. No, that's obviously a setup for the Marvels, which yes. is the movie that they will both. Which be is in. coming right. next year. Next year, we still so. have a whole year to to ponder and theorize and wonder what happened to Miss Marvel and right. how did Carol Danvers right. come Become, here? Where, yeah, somehow where Kamala Khan transform is. into her? I don't get it. Yes, we'll find out. Uh, anyway, let's move on because we spent a lot of time on that. Yeah, we did. Anything else on television that we want to talk about? Oh, uh, Tuka and Buri, uh season three premiered. Yes. Uh, the first two episodes are up on HBO Max. They air on the same day, actually. They say next day, but really, since mm-hmm. the Adult Swim broadcast is at midnight, that's same day, people. Yes. Um, so, yes, uh, if you want to watch that, you can also catch up on season two. Is All of season two is up there. Um. So I watched the beginning of that. Like I mentioned what we do in the shadows is back as well for season four. Mm-hmm. Two episodes of that are all up on uh, on FX and uh, Hulu if you have that. Uh, I finished Iron Chef Legends. Oh yeah, uh, kind of lackluster at the end. Yeah, I mean it got very competitiony and it just it it is exactly right. what you think it is. It's food exactly competition. Right. Cool. All right. With that, we can move on. Into cancellations and renewals. Right, what am I no longer watching? Oh god, you're finally not watching Chad anymore. Or are you? Or no. were you? Well, no one. This was. was gonna be my story. Cancelled uh, after one season on TV. Yes, the second season was fully filmed and will eventually find a home. Uh, so if you want to see, wait, uh, do you not know about the story? So what happened here? So Chad. So TBS, as we know, between TBS and TT, they're cutting shows left and right. Yes. Um, Warner Discovery is. So, Chad, season two, had aired commercials on TBS. Uh-huh, yes, they It had. was supposed to air this week with season two. Literal hours before <laughs> it was supposed to air, right. it got cut and said they would not air it. And TBS said that we're not going to air Chad season two and said we will try and find a new home for it. But honestly, are we losing much? We're losing some more Nassim Pedral on it. <sighs> I, okay, don't get me wrong. I love Nassim Pedrad, but her agent needs to be fired because she has been in some awful shit. This thing looked bad from the moment I saw it. In, and like, yet it was critically it. loved. Was it? Yeah. By who? It, it was considered the best new sh- one of the best new uh, shows of 2021. I just don't... 
I don't want no. I don't want anything no? to do with it. I don't. Anyways, sorry, Nassim. I'm sure you're wonderful, but you need to make better calls. Anyways, <laughs> let's move on. No, not uh, play a 14 year old boy. So that's Chad. Ugh, gross. Uh, only the murders in the building has been renewed for a third season on Hulu. So uh, uh, second season is airing right now. Yes. So we'll get another one at uh, least. Have we talked about that yet here? Yeah, we uh, talked about it briefly last okay, week. Yes. That the season two episodes had started. Yep. Uh, and still co- still cooking. Things are really cooking. I mean, as it's going some places. Emmy nominated. Right. Uh, only murders in the building. Honestly, I think the season t- the, so far season two has been so much, in my opinion, way mm-hmm. better than season one. It takes the established, like, strengths of season one and yes. just pumps them up to ten. Well, because we already have our established main yes. course. Now, it's going now to that you can just go. Yep. And the show, like I said, is best when it just goes. And season two, it just goes. Yep. It is not slowed down a single bit. I love the new, the, the interesting new character, um, uh, uh, the Steve Martin character's daughter. Yes. Uh, who is, like, just the, the most Zoomer Zoomer who has ever existed. Some of the funniest things I've heard on television this year this kid said it's just been great it's been great excited excited to see what they do with the show going forward we also have loot getting a second season on apple tv plus loot uh (laughs) is that the maya rudolph yes this is the maya rudolph thing criminal minds will get a 16th season exclusively on paramount plus so it originally went off the air in 2010 yes but coming back for paramount plus yes some of the original cast is going to return but it's going to be mostly new cast yes the Bear, which you talked about on yeah, uh, the podcast last week, will be renewed for a second season on FX and Hulu. Uh, so I don't think it was nominated this year because it's no, out of the. But yeah. next year, episode seven of The Bear is going to win best writing. If guaranteed. you say so, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, yeah, you better watch episode seven then. <laughs> yeah. Next up, Doctor Death will get a second series because it is an anthology series. It will on be Peacock. turned into an anthology series. Uh-huh. Yeah, so see. second season will follow a new Doctor of death got it dun 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 and then lastly uh sad sad I, one I, I just threw this in here because I saw yeah, this this morning it was happened yes, last, last uh, night yesterday yeah. uh, yes close enough on HBO Max cancelled after three seasons I say three seasons in quotes that was obviously one big order uh but still sad to see it go um interested to see what JG can tell does next cause he kinda did his passion project yeah what do you do now like if you're him (laughs) yeah what do you do uh but yeah uh, honestly i'm okay with this move i would love to see more of it but i feel like it ran its course and it had some wonderful episodes very niche into people who specifically lived in (laughs) southern california it's very it was a very los angeles show and a very los angeles show for people between 25 and 35 when you have a show specifically (laughs) about catalina island people probably don't even know what that is (laughs) Outside of the Catalina wine mixer. Oh my. <laughs> Honestly, I loved everything about this show. I'm sad to see it go, but yes, we will always have it. And uh, I, like I said, excited to see what he does that next because I can see him working on an existing show and really spicing it up. Mm-hmm. So I hope that that's what he does. And that's it for cancellations and renewals. That's right. I think the show kind of wrapped it up when it did yeah. the last season. The Halloween episode. The Halloween episode. That's what I was thinking. I feel is the perfect way to send it out. Yep. It's the perfect, it's just the, it's an example of what the, that show's strengths were and just knocked it out of the park. The whole like going into the Cartoon Network Studios yes. thing was just like, yeah, once you do that, you don't have to do anything else. You're yep. good. Yep. You, you hit your ending. Yeah. You hit your ending and yeah, 
great job if you had if you didn't see it close enough just watch all of it now it's great yep. it's very bingeable so yes. there you go all right let's move on into the movie section where our box office lives box office numbers this weekend your number one movie was of course for love and thunder with 144 million dollar debut uh pretty can, good yep you can listen to my thoughts on it last week yes following that minions rise of Gru spent its second season or second, second week, week 46 million dollars 210 domestic that will easily make more money it is the minions after all yep. number three top gun maverick coming in with another 15 million that's almost at $600 million domestic. And we'll get a little bit into Top Gun. Yes, in a bit here. we will. Coming in at number four, Boz Lerman's Elvis with another $11 million. I'm never going to stop. $91 million domestic. And rounding out your top five, Jurassic World Dominion with another $8 million. That's at three fifty. So even though Elvis was at ninety-one at the beginning of the weekend, yeah. over the course of the week, it earned an extra $9 million, which means it did, either did or it will by next week. Um, hit the $100 million mark. Yes. Your sole new release for the 22nd of July will be... Nope! But, getting <laughs> a wide release yes. this week... Yes. Um, not the two that we mentioned last week, uh, Pause of Fury and Red Crawdad Sings. Yes. Marcel! Yes, Marcel the Michelle's shows. shoes on finally goes wide. Yes. We may see it tomorrow. I'm, I may see it tomorrow. I may see we it tomorrow. We might see it tomorrow. Too. You want to see Marcel tomorrow? Maybe. We might see it tomorrow. Uh, well, Although, we're probably going to go to Long Beach. Oh. So. Might be closer. <laughs> well, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> we can talk about it. Yeah, I'm going to try and see it this week. Yeah, I'm going to try to see it too. Um, very excited to see yeah, Marcel. Heard nothing but good stuff about it. Another A24 piece. Yes, A24. Killing it. Not so much uh, killing it, though, as uh, the stories that we have this week. Yes. Uh, first up, we start in the, the land of China. Where, of course, over the past year, producers find the, some of the biggest U.S. blockbusters have kept in scenes that could irk China's censors, apparently less concerned about the potential loss of access to theaters across the country of 1.4 billion people. As a result, some of the most anticipated movies released in recent months, including Top Gun Maverick, Spider-Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and Lightyear, have not and may never see Chinese screens. In recent months, film studios have begun to rethink the trade-off associated with appeasing censors in China, particularly as the country's box office becomes more insular, more heavily regulated, and continues to be battered by COVID-19 restrictions, according to some experts. Quote, Pleasing Beijing no longer guarantees big revenues in China, said former DMG Entertainment President Chris Fenton. Such risk and effort no longer guarantees results, and I expect the lack of certainty to prolong this era of pushback for quite some time. I honestly don't blame the studios for looking at the numbers and just being like, well, if people in China can't see movies, then is there really that much of a risk of not putting a movie in Chinese theaters? And there's not. And so right. why not just make the movie you want to make the creator's intent instead of having to chop it up for an audience that doesn't care anyways? So this is a thing that happened in the previous decade, the 2010s, where a lot of movie studios right. would either cut scenes or change scenes or yes. insert scenes specific for Chinese audiences Yes. Or in order to make one of the 10 films allowed by the Chinese government into yes. their theaters. You saw this especially with a lot of uh, Disney and yes. similar studios' excuses for why uh, same-sex uh, uh, romance 
uh, representation was not allowed. Their excuse a lot was like, well, we would have to cut it for China and we would have to cut it for Russia. And they would have to make excuses for why the international release was the cause. This is going to become less of an excuse. I mean, we already saw it with the same sex kiss in Lightyear. Mm -hmm. uh, this could continue. And that's a good thing as long as they're not as... Uh, so they're not like as driven to make sure that the Chinese audience can see it. Yeah, it's a long time coming. I mean, yeah, we've talked about it here on this podcast about yes. the studios making changes, digital changes. Like we've tra like even with the Top Gun Maverick trailer that came out years uh, a couple years ago. Right, for the first one that came out like twenty twenty or twenty nineteen, even. Um, and they changed like a patch on his jacket in order to right. tease China censors because it had Taiwan on it. It was the Taiwan flag, yes. Yep. And when Top Gun Maverick came out, no such change. Right. Because yeah. they didn't have to appease anymore. I mean, yeah, I, it's tough. Obviously, they're a business, as we like to say in yes. the Media Boat Podcast, and they want their movies seen by as many people as possible and have as many people pay for tickets as possible. But ultimately, you know you when you have to cut your losses. And here, they've just studios have realized finally we have to. We can't we can't rely on all those people seeing it, especially when COVID restrictions are keeping them home anyways, and they can't see the movies. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's so maybe we'll revisit this in five years. Yeah, we'll come back to it in five years and see if this did make an impact. If studios finally just got over it and were like, no, we want to make these stories. We want to tell the stories that we want to tell, and we are no longer going to make the concessions to do that. You know what this means, right? No longer forced scenes in China. Yes. I'm looking at you, Transformers. Uh -huh, yeah, we saw a lot of that last decade. You're right. Uh, All right, let's move on into the second uh, story in movies this week. A little crossover with video games. I almost had this in my bits before I scrolled down and had to delete it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Nintendo. Sorry, I swooped in and got it for you. That's okay. It's fine. Uh, Nintendo has bought a studio called Dynamo Pictures a Tokyo-based CG production studio that will be renamed Nintendo Pictures. The acquisition and name change are projected to close on October 3rd. In a recent filing, Nintendo said it's acquiring Dynamo to, quote, strengthen the planning and production structure of visual content in the Nintendo group. Dynamo Pictures has a diverse portfolio of animation and motion capture projects under its belt and has done work for several games like Monster Hunter World and Death Stranding. The studio previously collaborated with Nintendo to create animated shorts based on its Pikmin series. By purchasing Dynamo Pictures, Nintendo might be preparing for a future where film and television shows based on its properties will be done in-house. This makes a lot of sense. This dovetails pretty well with Nintendo stating a couple years back that they wanted to expand and branch out into other mm -hmm. media, including this upcoming Super Mario Brothers movie. Right. I wonder if they've had early release their own access to what it looks like and be like hey yeah we can do this for other properties yes in-house so that's why they purchased this also they've seen what league of legends did yes. with arcane and netflix that was the other thing i was going to say which is now the iron is very hot when it comes to adapting video games into television mm -hmm. and film and so why not get people that they own to help out with this process. No, that's not to say that Nintendo has done this has not done this in the past. Right. There has been Kirby TV shows. Yeah, there has yeah. Been, uh, Legend of Zelda TV Obviously shows. Obviously, just look at Pokemon, Pokemon uh, which still runs show. today. Um, that's not in house in Nintendo anymore, but it was originally. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, like you get 
see like you see them already have done that in the past but it's been a long time and now all of a sudden this is the perfect timing for them to Remember do that it. donkey kong tv oh, show that's terrible that's like french canadian or something yes it's but now they can do awful. it in house yeah with motion capture i would not know but one thing though about this story though i think that maybe people are jumping to conclusions a little bit about mm -hmm. this doesn't mean we're immediately gonna see no them nintendo make their own television shows really i think this is a video game related thing first and foremost they've already worked on video games it would make sense to work on nintendo video mm -hmm. games of course nintendo is not necessarily a studio known for cutscenes and character animation not necessarily their bag but they do have series where this would be helpful i could see them working on the next on a breath of the wild two cutscenes. i could see them working on future xeno uh, xenoblade games mm -hmm. Uh, I could see them being a really good thing to have if they wanted to make a new IP that maybe had more realistic characters, something like that. There's a lot of opportunity here for Nintendo video games as well as extended media. So, a good purchase, I think. Yeah. And as it's also part of, as we mentioned, Nintendo's opportunity and wanting to expand into right. other mediums outside yeah. of video games. I mean, they see their potential as a big media juggernaut, and I think they will act upon it. But that Super Mario Brothers movie has to be good, because if it's not, all of this goes away. You saw what happened to Square and Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. Yes. Uh, we're staring squarely at you, <laughs> Crispy Rat. Yes. <laughs> so it's all on you, Chris Pratt, the crispiest rat there is. All right, let's move on out of that. Any video games that we... or Wow, I thought we were in video games because we, we talked about, about Nintendo. Nintendo. Any movies that we fought this week? Uh, wow, just like promoting HBO Max here. I watched the Bob Burgers movie. Yeah, what did you think? What did you think about it? Wow, that was so good. It's fun, right? That was so good. It's so funny. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, now you should catch up on the show. Uh, it kind of made me want to. Yeah, I mean, not see Bob's Burgers for years. Right. That's out of like the first three seasons, I want to say. Hey, Bob's Burgers is pretty good. I don't know if you know that. I mean... It's still going, so yeah, it's yes. actually pretty good, but it's pretty good. that movie was fun. It's so much fun. That was such a fun so movie. Fun. I'm glad you saw it. So, uh, yeah, we might talk about yeah. Marcel last week, or next week. Uh, I watched the 2001 uh, romantic comedy uh, Bridget Jones' Diary for the first <laughs> time. Christy needed me to see it, and I was going in blind, and it's yeah, that pretty good. Do? It's pretty good, turns yeah. out. It's classic. I can see why it's classic. Anyway, uh, but other than that, no new movies for us this week. Uh, yeah, uh... Yeah, I w so because I was watching uh, a lot of the British Open, I mean, a lot uh -huh. of the British Open on Peacock, they kept trying uh -huh. to get me to watch either The Northman or Firestarter, which yeah. I'd already seen, as well as, like, they kept promoting the movies on Peacock that you can watch, and I'm like, I've seen no. you, I've seen you, <laughs> no, no, thank you, Northman, <laughs> maybe, maybe eventually. You know, no. One day you'll be so bored, you will watch The Northman. Oh, no, we'll see. But anyway, that'll anyway, do it for yeah, movies. But, yeah, big one that I watched yeah. this week was Bob's Bird movie. Yes, and still good. It's good. It's I, I, streaming I like now. The, if you have to, if you I like the, see the it. musical numbers. Yes. I like the murder mystery behind yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Zach Galifianakis. Why, why are you in here? But thank <laughs> why not? Here. Right? Why not? Okay. Yeah. No, that's quality okay. stuff. That's on uh, HBO Max and Hulu. Okay. Uh, so because of that deal that Fox made before the Disney yep. uh, deal. So yeah. Anyway. That'll do it for movies, and that will do it for the Media Boat Podcast this week. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, this is a live podcast on YouTube. You can watch it so on our YouTube channel. If you search Media Boat Podcast, you can 
click uh, like, subscribe, whatever you want to click on that page. We'd love a click anywhere. Just click anywhere. Just click a bunch around us and something will happen. Um, and if you want audio versions of the same podcast, you can do so on podcast services like Apple Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to us, search Media Boat Podcast and you will find us. You can also go to MediaBoatPodcast.com to see an archive of our previous episodes. You can also find us on social media channels like Twitter. Search Media Boat, or sorry, at Media Boat Cast is our handle there. Yes. And if you want to see us on Facebook, we have the page Media Boat Podcast. Search that and you'll find it. If you want to email us questions, comments, feedback, anything you want to say to us about the show, we will read your email live by emailing MediaBoatPodcast at gmail.com. So we actually did get feedback, not on <gasps> MediaBoatPodcast at gmail.com, okay. but um, in like real life, face to face. Real life. Yes. So remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about um, where the heart is, the Hallmark show, <laughs> uh, series yes. that had like thirteen seasons or something. Right. Yes. Apparently, we know someone who watches. We know this. someone who has watched this. I guess we know someone who watches this. Oh wow! Okay. And they shocked. Yes, I was shocked, and they were shocked that one. We hadn't heard of it. We hadn't heard of it because it's been going on for so long. And on a Hallmark actually, channel. Yes, but they actually like watch it and enjoy it. Sure. It's a good okay. Show. According to them, well, but good, good to yeah. know. People do watch the Hallmark Channel. Now we know. Well, now we know from uh, from our ears to your ears. Uh, so now you know what we know. Yep. All right, thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week to talk about all sorts of things. Stray, Marcel, um, other things. Um, um, <laughs> what where are the dusk falls? As yeah, dusk falls. the All Star Game. Yes. All of this and more next week. So tune in. We'll be here. And for SPs. now, and the SPs. Manly Man Tears. Manly Man Tears. It's our favorite time of the year. Manly uh, Man Tears time. Yes, always right after the yes, All Star game. Always. Oh yeah, and so and yes, and everybody's favorite day, the day without sports. The day without sports. It's, it's happening up. this week. It's coming up. All right, y'all. Everybody have a good day uh, and week, I guess, and we'll see you guys next time. Okay. Bye. Bye bye.